Hello, this is Key Ideas, and I'm your host, Leela This. This podcast contemplates the rhythm of life as a piano teacher and music maker. Through illuminating interviews and transparent reflections, you'll feel validated, encouraged, and empowered. This is episode number 70, which spotlights the brilliance of Marie Lee. You get to learn her secrets about how she prepares students for festivals in a group setting. She has honed a system that sets students up for success and who frequently receive high marks and even honors. How does she do it? Well, you'll find out. But first, let me share a little bit about Marie. We first met when she reached out to me for a consultation. Her studio was bursting at the seams. She needed to take the next right step. I posed as her sounding board as the vision came to her. With a small nudge from me and her diligent determination, Marie has put her teaching style and thriving musicality schools on the map. I'm always inspired by her innovative ideas. You may recall that it was Marie Lee who rescued our online lessons during the pandemic with her brilliant digital escape room games sold at lelavis.com. These games are still bestsellers because they are so easy to use in person and online. Marie has held recitals at a refuge for lions and even motivated student practice with a boxed cereal drive to give to local food agencies. She's always thinking of fresh ways to keep her students engaged by developing connections and community. Today, you are privileged to get a sneak peek into her clever strategies that help her students repeatedly earn superiors at local festivals. Make sure to listen to the end as there are some freebies and coupons that tie in with Marie's advice. But first, here's a more official rundown of Marie's accomplishments. She's the owner of Musicality Schools in Las Vegas, Nevada. Marie uses group piano classes to motivate and inspire musicians so they can enjoy a lifetime of creative and beautiful music making. Marie is the author of The Group Teaching Blueprint, available at lelavis.com, and co-producer of Group Illuminated, an online conference dedicated to group piano teaching. She has presented several sessions at the MTNA National Conference and numerous state conferences, Music Ed Connect, and 88 Creative Keys. Currently, the Nevada Music Teachers Association is fortunate enough to have Marie serve as their president. Now, here's Marie. For years, I avoided entering my students in festivals, extremely apprehensive about whether my group piano students could compete on the same playing field as private piano students. Well, they can, and they do it very well. Festivals are one of those events that provide a huge amount of value to your studio. They require a ton of time organizing, planning, and volunteering the day of. But once you see the proud Facebook posts from parents and the pride in your student as they look at their judges' feedback and rating, it's well worth my time. Following festivals, I receive the highest number of referrals because friends see the Facebook posts and ask who their piano teacher is. Not all teachers participate in festivals, so this is a highly sought-after experience that will easily grow your studio and income, not to mention the confidence of your students. In this podcast, I'm sharing ideas for any teacher preparing a student for a festival or any big performance. I'm not focused on preparing group students for competitions, as that's a much different realm from what I do. I'm a group piano teacher, so I'll share how I prepare my students for both solo and ensemble festivals, but there are plenty of takeaways here that private teachers can use with their students too. 
I'm focusing on the National Federation of Music Clubs Festivals, but the National Guild of Piano Teachers offers something similar, as does the MTNA E-Festival, which I'll link to in the show notes. The techniques I share today can also apply to exam preparation. So why festivals? As I mentioned before, it adds value to your studio offerings, and it's a big retention booster. Feedback and a rating from an unknown judge is something that students will listen to and try to incorporate. The teacher or parent may suggest something, but when an outsider gives a compliment or critique, students listen. Festivals make your students better musicians and better performers. Feedback and rating from an unknown judge validates you, the teacher, in front of your studio parents. Festivals build student confidence. Festivals offer something for the committed student that wants to challenge themselves. I teach about 140 students at any one time, and we typically have about 40% of our students participate in solo festival in the spring and closer to 60% for ensemble festival in the fall. Not every child is interested in the intense commitment that's needed to prepare for a festival, but this fills a need for those students that want the extra challenge. Festivals are a good benchmark for teachers to make sure students are progressing at an appropriate pace and learning the correct skills for their level. Graduating high school seniors use this on their resumes for college entrance and scholarships because it's a nationally recognized event and shows their long-term commitment to excellence. So the National Federation of Music Clubs program is designed to promote study and stimulate interest in American literature and to encourage each participant to reach a high standard of musical achievement. Festivals are not competitive events, but provide an opportunity to perform and receive evaluation. Federation festivals are designed for all members, preschoolers through adults, and specially capable musicians, which are students identified as physically or mentally challenged. This includes students that break an arm or hand. Yes, there are one-handed solos, especially for those students. I've had several students, usually boys, break their arms. One of my teen boys broke his arm one month before solo festival. We quickly changed his pieces to one-handed repertoire from the Federation list. The judges loved him and even awarded him a superior with honors. Many instruments are offered besides piano, such as organ, accordion, voice, strings, chamber music, guitar, woodwinds, brass, percussion, dance, musicianship, and theory. Sight playing and sight singing are also offered, along with American patriotic and folk songs, hymns, and musical theater. Soloists and teams each prepare two pieces for performance. The first piece is called the required piece, and those are chosen from the Federation Bulletin. The second piece is called the choice piece and is up to the teacher's discretion as long as it matches the level of the required piece and follows the Federation rules for choice pieces. The Federation Bulletin is updated every four years, and if you use it for nothing else, it's a terrific resource for new quality music by American composers. It's a big deal if a composer's piece is chosen for the Bulletin, so you may see this printed on pieces as it's worthy of a composer bragging about. In solo festival, both pieces must be memorized. For ensemble festival, memorization is optional. I will link to the Federation website, bulletin, rating sheets, all the things that we talk about in the show notes so you can take a look. Students and teams compete against themselves for judges' feedback, ratings, and points that accrue toward Federation trophies. Ratings used are superior, excellent, satisfactory, fair, and needs improvement. 
The specifications of what constitutes each rating is included on the rating sheet, so teachers and students know how to prepare their pieces ahead of time. My rule in our school is that if a student wants to participate in festival, then their piece needs to be at the superior rating level before they enter. That way, if nerves get in the way, or they get a tougher-than-normal judge and earn an excellent or lower rating, then at least they know that their preparation was enough and we can focus on other areas of, of performance to improve on for the next festival. Our festival committee wisely uses two judges so the rating is more fair across the board, and the added bonus is that the students receive feedback from not one, but two judges. Federation trophies are called gold cups. Each gold cup is earned with 15 points, so a superior rating is worth 5 points, an excellent is 4 points, and on down the line. The soonest a student can earn their first trophy is 3 years, so this keeps students engaged long term. And once they earn their 15-point gold cup, they are determined to earn their 30-point cup, and then the 45-point cup. In fact, Federation Gold Cups go all the way up to a 90-point cup, which would take a minimum of 18 years to earn. Our Las Vegas Federation has an additional award called the Superior with Honors Medal. Judges can give an honors rating to any student that gives an exceptional performance. They still receive the five points for their superior rating, plus an honors medal. Please note that this is given for an exceptional performance, not a perfect performance. One year, I had a student receive this honors rating, and he told me later that he's lost his place when he was playing by memory, so he just improvised for a while until he could get back on track. The judges were so impressed that he didn't stop playing. An honors rating is given to less than 10% of our Las Vegas participants, so it's a pretty big deal to receive. This is usually the award that our more advanced students are shooting for as they receive the superior ratings pretty consistently. So getting an honors rating is on their, their list. So how do I prepare my group students for a solo festival? Group students are very capable of earning high ratings at solo festivals, but it does take some planning several months ahead of time. Everyone in our studio learns the first of their Federation solos in September or October. If it's offered in the bulletin, sometimes I pick a Halloween piece, as that piece can also be played at our Halloween street recital. This is a great way of getting two uses out of one solo. We also learn several supplementary solos that could be performed at Solo Festival. Some popular choices have been pieces from Daniel McFarland's Supersonics Piano, Wendy Stevens, and Piano Safari. In January, we start on our second piece. Again, all students in the class learn the same piece, even if they're not going to festival. If we're working on choice pieces, I try to let the students choose from at least two supplementary pieces that we've learned. Students are given benchmark dates for memorizing their pieces, so we're not trying to do that last minute. Because not every student in every class will want to go to solo festival or even be ready to go to solo festival, I like to separate the, out the festival students for two to three extra prep classes. I offer these on the Fridays leading up to the festival when I don't teach regular classes. Prep classes are grouped by required solos. Depending on how many students and how much time we have, prep classes can last anywhere from 20 to 60 minutes. We use these classes to work on the fine details of the piece, like phrasing, articulation, and dynamics, along with performance etiquette like bowing, adjusting your bench, etc. 
In the rare case where all of the students in the entire class are going to solo festival, they do not need to attend prep classes as we can polish and perfect our solos during their regular class time. I don't charge parents extra for these prep classes as I include it as part of their annual, tu their annual tuition. One to two weeks before solo festival, students perform for each other during class time and the rest of the class rates them. Older students use the actual federation rating sheet and younger students use a simplified sheet with three different emoji faces representing excellent, improving, or needs work. Sometimes I just hand out blank notepads and pencils and have students write one thing they enjoyed about the piece, one suggestion for improvement, and a good luck note or smiley face for the performer. All students are looking at the music as the performer plays so they can give specific feedback by referencing certain measure numbers in the piece. This develops critical listening skills and turns our students into better musicians because they understand all of the elements that constitute a piece played with musicality. For example, as we were preparing for our latest solo festival this past spring, my advanced class of high school seniors was playing and rating each other. As they wrote down and shared their feedback with each other, I was amazed at how mature and detailed their observations were, and they even got uncovered some added nuances to add to the pieces. This is truly collaborative learning at its best, as my own observations didn't include all of the details that they had discovered. Even if students aren't going to festival, they're familiar with the pieces since we've learned them in class. The students develop critical listening skills by following the music, rating each other, and sharing compliments and suggestions for improvement. This is always done in a friendly manner, and I've never had a child be mean toward one another. They actually look forward to this activity, and some of them even ask, can we write more than one compliment? They really consider this their group of friends, and they want to help and build each other up. Another plus is that I may ask a child to fix something in their piece multiple times and they don't get around to it, but if one of their peers suggests an improvement, it gets done. They respect each other's comments. Now let's talk about preparing group students for Ensemble Festival. Our classes have a memorable time participating in Ensemble Festival at our local university. This makes piano playing feel like a team sport where everyone is needed to do their best. I want my students to have the same team experience as soccer players or dance team members have. To add to the team building fun, our students love wearing costumes to match the pieces that they're playing. Just last year, I had a group of dinosaurs playing Stompin', superheroes in capes playing The Guardian, and teens dressed up as in Tom Cruise aviator jumpsuits and glasses performing the Top Gun Maverick theme. I even played a Taylor Swift mean quartet with my graduating senior girls. Ensemble playing is huge in building a sense of community within our studio, one of our most popular events. I tell my students that piano is a year-round sport and our classes continue through the summer on an abbreviated schedule so there's still plenty of time for summer travel. Summer is when our teams are learning their two pieces for Ensemble Festival in October, so this is one of my main ways to keep students attending classes through the summer while still having fun and learning with their friends. I teach enough students that we usually play trios and quartets and sometimes the occasional quintet, but don't forget that duets are ensembles too, and they're probably the easiest to put together, especially if you are doing this for the first time. So how do I teach an ensemble to a group if there's multiple parts? 
Well, first I try to let students choose their parts as much as possible, but sometimes I assign. If I know one part is going to suit a student better than another, or if I want to give them practice reading trouble stuff only or base stuff only notes, or maybe they had the low part last performance so they trade to the middle of the high part for the next performance. When assigning parts in classes, I try to divide them up as evenly as possible. So for example, two students on each part of a trio. But depending on the size of the class, that may not be possible. In that case, when it comes to performance time, I may have a part three student that needs to play on more than one team at the festival in order to complete the ensemble. Our students are usually happy to do that as they know it allows other students to participate and it does give them a chance to earn another ribbon or even an honors rating. In teaching an ensemble to a group class, I'm going to share the three options that I've tried and all work well. Number one, when introducing the ensemble to the class, the teacher teaches a small portion of each part to the entire class while playing out loud. Students then choose or the teacher assigns parts for home practice and performance. A lot of times students can figure out the rest of their parts at home as ensembles are typically at an easier sight reading level than students reading pieces. Number two, before any playing is done, student chooses or teacher assigns one part to each student. The different parts practice on their own while wearing headphones while the teacher works out loud with one part at a time. Not one student at a time, but all students that are playing that same part. This is about the only time, except for when composing, that I hook up my students to headphones. We really try and play out loud as much as possible. Hooking up headphones takes time, but this is one case when they're really helpful to use. All right, and number three, with the COVID quarantine and not being able to meet in groups, I had to adapt. So I did this by filming video tutorials for each ensemble part and using Tonara to share those tutorials along with practice recordings of the full ensemble to play along with. We still had one ensemble festival during the quarantine, which we had to do some serious video and audio editing to combine our students' individual videos into one group video. That was fun, but a lot of work. Even though we're back to in-person classes, this is my new favorite technique because it saves valuable class time. Now the students know it is their responsibility to learn their entire part at home so we can spend class time playing together and perfecting our performance. For those of you that incorporate buddy lessons, which is two students in back-to-back -back lessons, or 20-20-20 lessons, three students that come for an hour together and rotate through activities, or if you could make that change in your studio for a month or two, or offer that option on a day that you don't teach, charging parents an extra fee, you could easily get duet or trio teams prepped for an ensemble festival. So in summary, my hope is that you have felt inspired to bring festival opportunities into your studio for all the value that they provide to you and your students and that you also feel confident that you can do it. I started with Ensemble Festival with my students and once that felt comfortable, I brought in Solo Festival. Theory Festival is also something that's on my radar, so we'll see how that comes about. Good luck in your implementation and preparation. Your students will thank you for it. Oh, thank you, Marie, for sharing your dynamite strategies for developing fine performers, listeners, and even the next generation of evaluators. Head to the show notes for Marie's group teaching blueprint available at lelavis.com. 
Make sure to catch her session and teaching demonstrations at the Group Illuminated online conference, June through July, the only conference dedicated to group piano teaching. Use code LILA50 for $50 off your registration. Besides links to digital escape room games and several links to festivals, including the National Federation of Music Clubs, make sure to head to the show notes for a free download I created several years ago. Marie's episode reminded me of it. The download shares details on listening stations I used in group lessons. These stations coach early level pianists to listen and evaluate with an emoji rating system. You'll find all the details and download at the show notes. I'm Lee Levis and see you in the trenches. Grateful to teachers like Marie for keeping me inspired.